Hello, my Psy Collective. Welcome back to this week's episode. It's spooky season, and I hope you're all harnessing your inner witchy vibes this week as Halloween is only a few days away. It would be amazing if you could take a moment to leave a rating and review so Musai Collective can move up the charts. Today, I have a very special witchy guest on the show, Summer Martin of The Soul Soul. Summer is a professional tarot reader, energy medicine practitioner, and general medium who uses divination and music to answer all of life's mysterious questions. She picked up her very first tarot deck when she was only 12 years old and has devoted herself to spirit work and the occult for the last six years. Today, we discuss the magic of tarot cards, the history of witches, moon cycles, and so much more. This tarot Masai is an eclectic witch to watch, and you can follow her on Instagram at the.soul, S-O-U-L. I hope you enjoy this episode, and here's Summer Martin on Musai Collective. Hello, Summer. Welcome to Musai Collective Podcast. How are you doing over there in Toronto today? (laughs) Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, me too. For everyone listening, I actually just met Summer this past week as I did her year ahead tarot card reading for myself. And I thought it would be fitting to have her on the podcast, especially ahead of Halloween. And so we can talk about your wishy journey (laughs) and everything that you've been doing So Summer, you are a professional tarot reader, energy medicine practitioner, and general medium. Can you tell us when you first realized you had a gift for this work and what's your story with this? Yeah, absolutely. I'll try and condense this as much as possible because it has been quite the journey. So when I was a kid, I actually would have these voices that kind of talked to me all the time and I didn't really understand what that was. And it wasn't until I was 13 when I realized that I didn't hear these people talking to me anymore. And I'm like, what? That's so strange. And I had talked to my mom about it and she she was just like, she, she was like, oh yeah, you, you used to get mad at me for scaring away all your dead friends. Like that you said you were scaring all away your dead friends. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. Like, yeah, I just like, stopped talking to me. And, and then as my mom and myself have continued to go to mediums and I've started to develop my path with mediumship a little bit more now, they were like, everything you heard as a kid was absolutely true. And so now I've been getting back into it in the past uh, few years. But with my witchcraft journey, when I was 12, me and my best friend, we we made a spell to be best friends forever and we still are best friends. <laughs> so that was kind of like how it really began is I was like, oh, the spell has worked. Oh my and gosh, that's so cute. I know. <laughs> we're we're like, still and we're still best friends. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, magic is real. And then, yeah, with tarot, I, it was, I think, six years ago now, I was kind of just like in a place in my life where I didn't feel really connected to myself spiritually and I was just kind of lost. I was partying all the time. I didn't feel like I had anything that was really, that made me feel like a part of myself. Like I just kind of lost who I was and I picked up tarot because I had a tarot deck when I was 12 years old and I kind of dropped off when you went to high school and you wanted to be cool. So got back into it and I had a serious injury when I um, I like slept a disc and couldn't walk for a few months. And during that time, I had really just delved into it and realized that was kind of something I was super passionate about. And that's kind of, uh, yeah, that's kind of how my witchcraft journey came to be. (laughs) I love it. And I love how it kind of just came naturally. And obviously you are gifted with being able to connect with other realms or people that have passed and hearing whispers and 
voices. And do you still hear anything now? Or is it that's something that you just kind of experience as, as you know, because when we're younger, the veil is thinner mm-hmm. for you when you're younger, right? Yeah. So how I kind of experience speaking with um, people who have passed on, I do use tarot a lot. I use a lot more tools, but it's a lot more clairvoyant. Like I will see symbols, things will come to me when I'm working with energy work. I don't get it very clear audiently anymore, like through listening, but I do use music a lot when I want to, when I want to speak to them. So interestingly enough, when I want to, you know, speak to my grandma or my friend who passed away, I'll put on a song and exactly what message that they want to come with me. They always choose it. So it's, it's a really good tool to kind of use music. That's really Um, cool. I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Just go on Spotify and press shuffle and you're good. (laughs) Okay, cool. I mean, what a way, you know, music, because I've had friends who've had these experiences before. I have a friend whose brother had passed away and I think she was in Ibiza at a friend's like bachelorette party and she walked into a club and his favorite song was on. And she was like, why would anyone know this song? (laughs) You know? And she felt it like he was like hey I'm here too kind of thing and I was like that's beautiful so it is I love that I love that that's a beautiful story yeah that was for Carly hey Carly (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about what can someone expect from a tarot card reading and can you explain to us what it is exactly for those who may not know what it is that are listening and how can it really help guide someone through life experiences? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of the basics of the kind of the short history of tarot, it started in the 1400s in Italy. I mean, the origin story of tarot is a bit d- debated, but the most the most evidence has been based into Italy in the early 1400s, about a hundred years after playing the deck of playing cards were like what we know of playing cards were invented, but it did start off as a playing card game. And it wasn't until the 1700s, I believe was the first time it was used or has been recorded to be used as divination. And then it got really picked up throughout the years. But it was until the 1920s when the the deck that we know today or the most traditional deck that we know today, the A Rider Waite deck, that's that's what we kind of know as it today. And then it was until the 1970s with the whole hippie movement and people were really kind of getting into these other divination practices and getting into their, you know, witchy selves. But divination in general has been, you know, recorded in all civilizations and all periods of history from, you know, bone throwing in ancient China and, you know, the Greeks with the, you know, uh, Bibliomancy. And you also have Nordic and Germanic tribes using runes. So tarot is just one of the thousands of options of divination that we use today. And it really is a good way to kind of connect because when you come to a tarot reading, most people know the answer already. They're like, I know what you're going to tell me, but they kind of need that extra push or something in the spiritual realm that's not themselves telling it. They just need a little bit of, yeah, this is actually happening. This is exactly what you need to hear. And it's very therapeutic. And it can tell the future and it, 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 and it can and it does. And some tarot readers really focus on that. But I think it's a, it's a tool to dive into our subconscious and really figure out the questions in our present life and, you know, look into the most possible outcomes if we continue to do what we're doing exactly right now. But I am a big believer that we all have free will. And if I come, you come to a tarot reading with me and you absolutely hate everything that I'm saying, then you have the power to choose something completely different and go a different path. Yeah. Well, yeah. As I mentioned, everybody, I did my year ahead reading with Summer and I just got it back over the weekend. And it was, you know, you're just like, trying to, you're like, take it all in. I'm like, I'm going to listen to it again. I'm probably going to listen to it a few times, to be honest. But it's like just really interesting to hear what's coming in on the cards, how you're describing everything, what you're seeing for each card, which resonates maybe with me, which I feel like as each month comes, I'm going to kind of like probably go back to that section and just like, okay, 
So <laughs> like November is starting. So I'm going to like listen to November again and like write down some of the main points that you were saying and see if, I, if I'm connecting with it. And I just felt, I really felt like I needed a reading and mm-hmm. I hadn't had one in a very long time. And um, I had a couple of friends that had gone to you and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. When most people think of witchcraft or witches in history, we often think of the famous Salem witch trials, which occurred back in 1692, which was a series of prosecutions for witchcraft in Salem Village, Massachusetts. There's also the great Scottish witch hunt of 1597 in which 400 people were put on trial and about 1,500 were executed. So I know you have some deep knowledge about these trials here in Scotland. Can you share with us more about this and, you know, some little witchy details? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So yeah, everyone does know about the Salem witch trials, probably not, you know, super in depth, but um, it's interesting because that one gets a lot of press and as it should, because what, you know, happened to these people is absolutely devastating. But you know, with the Salem witch trials, I think there was, it was 200 people were accused and I think um, under 20 ended up being executed. Whereas in Scotland, this is the highest amount of witchcraft trials between the 16th century and the 18th century. So there was about 3,000 to 4,000 witches accused of witchcraft during this time. About two thirds of them may have been executed. And so this all kind of started with James V or James I, depending on where, what time of the, we were talking about him. But he's Mary Queen of Scots. If you are familiar with her, that is, it's her son. And so basically the, the famous witch trial that kind of started this all is called the North Berwick Witch Trials. So there's this huge thing where he had met his wife and I'm going to, I think either Denmark or Norway, I always seem to forget where his wife was from, but he had tried to go um, get the wife to come back to Scotland and there kept being these issues and he wasn't able to get the boat back. And so there was a time where they had almost died and, you know, people were just like, it was the North Berwick Witches, it was the North Berwick Witches. And so he thought that it was this big group of witches who were trying to to take him down and so that became the huge witch which craze is because of him and he developed the book demonology which is it's kind of loosely based on another book based in germany i forget the name of it something hammer but he created the demonology book which which you know, blew up and people really started to hate witches. And it's not kind of like the witches where we're like, oh, they're putting, you know, using their cauldron or doing this and healing. They thought witches had a pact with the devil. And so that's kind of their witchcraft and the devil all came together. And so they, the, between the four witch trials, yeah, there was about 3,000 to 4,000 witches who were, who were tried. And a lot of them, you know, you know, strangled and then burned at the stake and how they kind of chosen who these witches were. There were these people called the witch prickers and they would try and find these witches to get, you know, money out of it. And they would choose parts of their body where you can't bleed and say, oh, well, she's a witch. She has the witch's mark. And yeah, there was all these torture methods. A lot of these women were sleep deprived and, you know, starved and all these really like evil torture methods to force them into admitting that they had a pact with the devil. And I mean, I don't know if you've gone a few days without sleeping, you know, I mean, I sure have. And you get a little bit delirious and you do. You're like, oh my God, maybe I have had a pact with the devil. And so it was a lot of forced testimonies Mm -hmm. from these women. So crazy. Yeah. And I mean, now it's like become such a, you know, tourist attraction over and during Halloween in Salem. And I'm sure probably in... Scotland. is Was there a museum you also mentioned, I think? There is a witchcraft museum in England. I forget what the place is called, but if mm. you are in Edinburgh, there is a, a memorial for the witches who were executed on Castle Hill in Edinburgh. So if you actually 
go to the castle in Edinburgh, you'll so easily miss, but right, right into the entrance, if you turn to the right, there's this little fountain and it has like three heads. It's like a snake, but it's it, it kind of um, like an ugly headed snake, but it's just a very, very small memorial to, you know, give their grievances to the women who lost their lives and men, not as many women as men as women, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a nice little memorial right there. Yeah. And I just think it's kind of funny how this once upon a time was such a whole situation with the trials and like suppressing being witchy or magic, yeah. like, or, you know, anything that mm-hmm. might seem you might have a contract with the devil. But I feel like now women have risen again. The witches have risen again. <laughs> We're yeah, back. Absolutely. We're back. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Uh, you know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, no, it's and great to have I, our power. Yeah. And I think, especially more so, like divine feminine witchiness is kind of like risen again. Where I just feel like I feel it. Like I feel like I yeah. want to do do these things and do these rituals. And you know, speaking of all this witchy stuff, I would say that I'm more of like a, a green witch for all you plant lovers out there. Green witch and the lunar witch, where I I do I follow the moon cycles. My life is like surrounded by the moon cycle. <laughs> I definitely follow the lunar cycles each month and feel cyclical with the moon. And that summer, I wanted to ask you what kind of witch would you say you best identify as? And can you kind of explain the different types and archetypes of witches that exist? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say I'm mostly kind of like an eclectic witch. So I don't follow a certain path. I mean, green witch, I'm glad there's some of us because I'm awful with plants. I'm glad there's kitchen witches. I'm awful <laughs> at anything like that. I'll sprinkle some cinnamon in a tea and be like, there's my there's my abundance uh, spell right there because I am horrible at directions. But with that, I definitely think, you know, divination witch, because, you know, I do work with a lot of divination tools and really connect with my intuition with that. Lunar witch, absolutely, which, you know, loving to hear that because I do follow the the moon quite closely, and which is funny, you know, my name is Summer and, you know, the soul soul, but there are a lot of archetypes with the moon and the sun because they are, you know, so connected, you know, the, the moon and the sun. So, you know, in every you know, story, they're, you know, they're the this, you know, the, the mother and the father or the son and daughter. And so they, they are really connected. And yeah, I think overall, I'm just kind of an eclectic witch, whatever kind of I feel to work with that day. But I would say definitely a lunar witch like yourself. Yeah, it's, it's just, I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, I feel like I've always like loved the moon. And then, you know, when there's a full moon, oh my gosh, the full moon here in Dominican, like it was just, even the day after it was like the full moon, it was like mm-hmm. rising over the ocean and it was just like orange and it was a blood moon too. And I was like, oh my God, we're like having dinner on at this beautiful restaurant on the ocean front. And I was just like, oh, I don't even care about the dinner. I just want to stare at the moon. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I want to talk about how women wear cyclical. We're cyclical yeah. beings with the moon cycles, especially with our menstrual cycles, in which we can sync up with the full moons or the new moons. I find that I'm typically with the full moon. That's when I know, even if it says it on my calendar, it, when is the full moon? Though? That, that's what it will tell me all. Yeah. But <laughs> if, for this, can you help explain the meaning of each with regards to the full moon, new moon, and your menstrual cycles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people as yourself, so you would be kind of called the red moon kind of witch. So you'd be usually being menstruating when the moon is full, and then you would be ovulating or during either the waning or the new moon phase. That would be when you're ovulating. That would be the most time you are fertile. And that and when we just say fertile, it doesn't necessarily, I know, because, you know, some women can't, you know, get pregnant. That doesn't mean, or, and there's other people who, you know, may not identify specifically, you know, being female, but they may bleed. So it just means more fertile in the sense of, you know, building new things, you know, 
working with the new moon to manifest something and bring that really in. Also, when you are a full moon leader, usually you have a lot of energy and you're really wanting to talk about and kind of give out that intuition with others. When you're a white moon, that's usually when you are bleeding during the new moon, but you're ovulating during the full moon, you tend to want to retreat a lot of it. Like you're, you're more of a retreater than kind of like talking all out of there. You, you want to stay in home and eat your soup and just really connect with your, your cycle very internally rather than externally. I see. Yeah. And, and sometimes it will switch on me and it's like on the new moon and yeah. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. It, it changes on me all the time. And I usually do see a thing. It's just like, okay, when I am bleeding on the full moon, that's when I'm a very outgoing person. And then when I have these times where I just really want to retreat, I'm a new moon bleeder. So yeah. That's, yeah, it switches. I can't tell you how incredibly wish I felt this week because I got it exactly on the night of the full moon. And I was like, Ah, I feel so like witchy right now. <laughs> I love that. I, I was love like, that. Cause it, yeah, I was like, okay, it's coming Sunday. When is full moon Wednesday? I'm like, it's coming Wednesday. I just could feel, you know, it's yeah. so funny. I know there's other people out there that know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, oh, I've been there. I've always, you know, yes. yeah. <laughs> so you can also look at celebrating the full moons and new moons as new chapters in your life each month, which I totally do. I'm all about the ceremonial moon rituals and setting new intentions and goals. I feel like each month it kind of just like sets the tone, like focus, (laughs) refocus, you know, take a look back. What were your manifestations last month and goals and see if you completed any of those or if any manifestations came true. Can you share with us some of your favorite moon rituals that you like to perform and practice? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that's actually interesting, I usually don't do spell work on either the new moon or the full moon. I usually use the new moon to make an intention of what I do want to work with, but I won't do any spell work. And the reason why I don't do that is I usually do spell work in the waxing phases or the waning phases, depending on what I really want to get out of it. So if say I wanted to be more abundant, if I, I feel like if I started the new moon, that means I'm starting with nothing. So I would kind of like want to do it when I'm still building up to the full moon. So to really bring that money towards me, if there's a person I want to release, I don't want to do it at the full moon because I'm like, they're still in my life. I want them to be removed. So I kind of go into the the waning into the new moon because I really want to remove them from my life, almost to the dark moon. Sometimes to just get them completely removed. A lot of time also with the full moon is if we do it right after the full moon hits, say 12 o'clock, then it's already starting to wane. And so you don't want to give away that, right? So what I do usually do on the new moon is I'll make the intention and then decide when I'm going to actually perform that ritual, depending on the astrological moon sign, the day of the week, the moon phase, all that I take in consideration. And then during the full moon, that's when I charge all my tools. I'm like, hey, here's my crystals out. Here's my tarot cards out. Here's when I do a lot of the cleansing and I feel a lot of energy. So a lot of time that's when I do very like personal rituals. I'll dance, I'll like do all the fun stuff. I'll be blasting Stevie Nicks at one point in the night and just kind of... (laughs) really feeling like that wild woman. And that's yes. kind of what I really like to do with me with too. The, yeah. <laughs> the dancing. Yeah, woman. Yes. Yeah. Be her, be her. <laughs> Howl with the moon. Exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. The dance. I love it. It's like, yeah. I need that. Burning some Palo Santo and like, have some, maybe I'm by myself. And yeah. sometimes I feel like I just need a good dance. Actually, Always. I went to a private beach party on Friday night and it was like, full still. It was still full. And I was just like dancing on the beach, like, this is so fun, you know? (laughs) And the the ocean was just lit up and it was just like, okay, this wouldn't, I'm like, this is our disco ball for the night, you know? (laughs) hundred percent. I love that. That sounds magical. 
Yes. So as I mentioned earlier, you were also an energy medicine practitioner. So what would this experience be like for someone who came to you for this kind of energy cleansing? Yeah, absolutely. So if you do it distance or you do it in front, so right now because of COVID and the pandemic, most of these have been at a distance. So I'll really just connect with you and I'll, you know, I work with, you know, your ancestors, you know, any spirit guides, I will work with tarot, but basically I'll just be connecting with your energy at a distance and I'll just kind of do a scan through your body. A lot of the time I'll get messages. So I'll get symbols, messages, names, just a lot of just overall kind of messages coming through. And then we'll work through that. So what does that mean? Does that mean you need to speak up more? Do you have your ancestors have like a message for you? Is there some pain that's going on that you maybe need to look out, uh, look into a little bit more? I don't really do health things very often, but something that I'll be like, this, there's an area that might hurt a little bit. Like, can we talk about that? Is that, is your stomach hurting because of something you're nervous about? Or is that, you know, something more serious? So my energy sessions usually come with a tarot reading. So we look into what the tarot cards are saying and then the overall energy. But usually for myself, I'll see colors, get messages and I'll be like, does any of this mean anything to you? I'll get random things. Like the most ran- the most recent one that I did, I was like, do the Flintstones mean anything to you? <laughs> and she's just like, yes. Oh my God. And then she got into like what the Flintstones meant to her. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Wow. Yeah. A lot of the time it won't make any sense to me what I'm about to say to you, but you'll, it'll make sense to you. And sometimes I'll just come up with something you're like, that makes no sense. I'll be like, it might in a little bit, but yeah. um, Like the words are coming in the images and you're just like, you're the one communicating. You're the in-between. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and then it, you do feel a lot of sense of relaxation. Some people cry, some people laugh, some people sleep, some people, you know, feel hot, cold. There's just a bunch of things that your energy systems kind of want to work with. So yeah, that's kind of what you can kind of expect from an energy session with me. Mm-hmm, for sure. That's so cool. Yeah. I think, um, you know, energy cleansing or cleansing, I mean, there's many other, I mean, there's sessions you can do like this, but I think mm. like even just doing it in nature. Like if you can, if you have access to like going in the ocean, cleansing your aura or like, or a a salt bath, these kinds of other little rituals you can do to help cleanse your aura and reset yourself a little bit. I tend to, as you said, nature after work every single day, I take a walk just to ground myself again and come back to, you know, my body. I love being by the ocean, getting your feet in the ocean some tools that you can get. My selenite wand is my favorite thing. I do it as soon as I wake up, after work, before I go to bed, it's a natural cleansing crystal that you can just swipe, sweep it off. I cool. cleanse my space with cedar and sound. I have my little bowl. So there's just so many different things. Even if you have nothing, all you can do is you can just clap around your room and that cleanses things too. There so. you go. And it's funny because I did that too today. After work, I went for a walk and I t- like a sunset stroll run by this by the ocean. And I'm like, yeah. I, just, I just need to like do that because it's like, you know, when you've been sitting at a computer all day and you're doing things and it's like, I need to just hard stop and just mm-hmm. go. And even it's just like 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back. And I just feel so much better. I'm like, wow, yeah, yeah this is what absolutely. I need. I know that that's what I need. <laughs> I gotta listen to that energy. <laughs> totally. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we're getting to the end of this conversation. It's gone by so quickly. So can you share with us one or two muses in your life that you'd love to get a shout out to on this episode? Yeah, absolutely. So one would be, I know, and I'm sure a lot of people do this, but I mean, getting that feminine energy in there. My mom, you know, she, she's one that, you know, me and her will talk about all our spiritual things that have happened to us. And she'd be like, Oh, I saw this ghost here. And I was talking about this woman about this. And I'll be like, well, those things came out to me too. So 
she she was the one who really got me involved in this originally, like astrology and then the spiritual world. So if it wasn't for my mom and <laughs> I don't know, because I would just probably think I'm a weirdo. But she, <laughs> she encouraged it. She yeah. encouraged this, this part of me. Yeah. And then also my best friend, because we're still best friends and she's the reason why I'm a witch today. So <laughs> there you go. What's <laughs> up, <laughs> <Stop>, Mackenzie? <laughs> yes, Mackenzie. <laughs> that's so nice. Okay, I love it. Well, I mean, that's the thing because if you're lucky that your mom uh, like supported you through that because she could have just been like, oh, it's just your imagination. You have imaginary mm-hmm. friends and like, you know, some exactly parents are just more like 3D like that and don't want to think that maybe their child is like, talking to something else. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. You> know? <laughs> so, okay. Well, that's really nice. Thank you for sharing. Let's get to the follow your bliss finale question. Can you share with us one positive affirmation? Yeah, absolutely. This one I've been living with the past year. I, I read it somewhere and it's just stuck with me. So rejection is protection. And I really love that one because for me, a lot of the shadow work that I've done is I hate rejection. I avoid it at all times. Um, If I see someone pulling away, I just want to continuously try and keep them to stay. But now I've come to the point where it's like, if someone doesn't want to be in your space, if someone doesn't love you the way you love them, that is a way of your, the universe is protecting you. They're not supposed to be for you. They are not your person that they're it's just protection. So all rejection is protection and it's really helped me personally. And I think, um, it can, it's a, it's a word, it's a mantra that I stand by. So, and it's helped me. So yeah, rejection is protection. I love that. I've never heard that before. So really, <laughs> thank you for sharing that one, especially yeah, it's no. something that you've been telling yourself over the last year or so. And I really hope that other people listening can resonate too. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It went by super fast. I know. Thank yeah. you for having me. So I think fun. we can talk about witches and things like this all magic all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> um, I will link Summer's information in this episode description and you can check her out if you're looking to have a tarot card reading. I would highly recommend her and you can follow her on Instagram as well. What's your Instagram handle? So it's at the dot soul, S-O-L dot soul, S-O-U-L. Perfect. I will also link that in the description. (laughs) Okay, Summer. Well, have a beautiful Halloween (laughs) and, uh, you know, enjoy the rest of your week. And I am sure that we will be in touch soon. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I had a blast. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. (laughs)